My name is CJ Tassel, and you are listening to the Forge Leadership Podcast. Forge Leadership Network mentors, trains, and connects young conservatives ages 18 to 25, equipping them to lead in politics, culture, and business. For more information or to get involved, visit forgeleadership.org. It is so incredible to see some friendly faces. Thank you so much, Forge Leadership, for, uh, for the invitation, for allowing me to speak. I will say I have a really easy job because I see so many friendly faces of folks who have gone through or are currently going through the Heritage Academy as well as have considered uh, the Heritage Internship. I want to introduce myself. My name is Elena Ramirez Richardson, and I'm the director of the Young Leaders Program at the Heritage Foundation. We're dedicated to building an America where freedom, opportunity, prosperity, and civil society flourish. And I can tell you with your leadership between Adam and Jeremiah, you guys are in great work, you know, great shape as well as uh, incredible leadership because they believe in it too. You know, I can, I can definitely tell you with complete certainty that, you know, Heritage and Forge and the leadership programs that Forge has been producing over the course of the years really go hand in hand. And so what do we have to offer? There are a number of, of opportunities at the Heritage Foundation. One is our brand new program, which I'm gonna be talking about in just a second, but our premier program is our Heritage Internship Program. It's a paid opportunity. It's been around since 1979. And what it is is hands-on experience. This is not your typical internship. If you're looking for one that you can fetch coffee, make copies, sorry, this one's not for you. Um, but if you are looking for experience, you know, for example, working alongside Dr. Ryan Anderson or Charmaine Yost, if you're looking for an opportunity to be in our premier legal center, if you're looking for an opportunity to be essentially where, you know, in the room where it happens, 30 different working groups across the conservative movement, as well as bringing in people from the left to talk about solutions that we can identify. How are we moving forward as civil society? And also, how are we strengthening those institutions? Well, then that's, this is the internship for you. We offer 60 to 70 paid interns um, in about 30 different departments, including our sister organization called Heritage Action for America. So if you're interested in grassroots lobbying and, and advocacy, that's definitely a, a spot to consider. But all of this is to say is, you know, why Heritage compared to anyone else, right? Well, you know, we really believe in individual freedom, limited government, free enterprise, traditional American values, and a strong national defense. And everything that we do has that point of view. I will say that I, uh, you know, don't, you don't have to hear it from me. You can believe it from one of your own. Calvin Blaylock is one of my favorite people that I work with, and he works at Heritage as well. But, you know, I will say overall, think about the Heritage Foundation as a resource to you. I'm going to share with, uh, with Jeremiah as well as with Adam, but, you know, if I can send just one follow-up email, what, I'll, what I commit to you is actually sharing what I call the freedom and liberty movement. So Heritage is on it, but it's also about 18 pages worth of young conservative groups as well as young libertarian groups. And I will say, I do think that Heritage probably has something for you, but if not, I would be happy to introduce you to anyone that we work with. So I actually help assist with what we call the Young Freedom Leaders Movement. So it's basically all the youth organizations that offer fellowships, that offer internships, and other leadership programs and capacities, so you can maximize on it. You know, and what we're dedicated in doing, at least in my shop, is identifying the young conservative leaders like yourselves, recruiting them to go through programs or to just get plugged in 
developing their leadership capacities and growing the conservative movement. That is my goal. And I know uh, that's something that Forge Leadership takes seriously in regards to growing a civil society. Um, and so that's another incredible opportunity. I also want to say for those who are maybe a little, you know, past what they might consider past an internship opportunity, we do have fellowships. We have a health fellowship as well as a welfare fellowship. And then if and when you make it on the Hill, if you're ever working on Capitol Hill, we actually have several leadership programs. So we have one for legislative assistants, legislative coordinators. We have one for communications, um, you know, folks. And then we also have one for chiefs of staff and deputy chiefs of staff. So throughout your career, we're looking to, to join alongside you and assist you. But one of the ones that I feel most proud about is actually called the Academy. But all of this is to say that I think that the Heritage Foundation has an opportunity for you. We have a lot of people who are in this uh, Zoom call tonight that are involved in the uh, in this academy, which is a really, you know, it was a response to COVID, but I will say I wanna continue to into perpetuity alongside our internship, as well as these other fellowships that we offer. So with that, I know that I didn't take up too much time. I actually wanna get to questions, um, if anyone has any. Yeah, absolutely, thank you so much. So, so one question that we have here is, is, you know, related to the internship program. What is, for someone who's interested in heritage, but doesn't really know the specific direction to go, what could you, could you elaborate on that? Maybe the difference between the Young Leaders Program and the Academy? That's a great question. So for the Academy, it's almost seen as a policy 101 course. And it really is open for those who probably would not be traditionally, um, yet considered in our internship program. Our internship welcomes juniors and rising seniors, as well as recent graduates of both undergrad and graduate school. Whereas the academy welcomes high schoolers all the way to working professionals. So if you ever missed your shot of being an intern at Heritage, this would be a perfect spot for you. So Jeremiah or, or Adam, if I can send one, I can actually forward it to you and you can share it with everyone. That'd be we, great. We're actually going to be having an info session in regards to the internship as well as the academy. So the academy, actually the, the deadline for the spring is November 8th. So it's after the election, you can kind of take some time. Overall, if you do the application well, it takes about 40 minutes to really think through some of those essay questions. But you know, I will say it really is a great platform to become an intern, right? Because we get to know you. So like I'm getting to know best, I'm getting to know Emma, you know, amongst a few others, right? And so it really kind of highlights of saying, wow, I really have gotten to know them. I know where their leadership capabilities lie. How can I work alongside them to figure out what's that best location for them to be in regards to the department placement? Now, as I said, we have about 60 different types of roles. Now, you might be saying, well, I don't really know, right? I don't have a lot of policy experience. Well, let me help you, right? That's actually a great reason why you should check out those info sessions. We'd like to kind of join alongside you, help you translate your resume and make sure that you're set up for success. And I don't know, Adam, if you want to announce our, our partnership, but you know, we would love to, to highlight. I have been such a fan. I've been working with Adam and with Jeremiah for the last four and a half years, and I really hold recommendations from Adam quite seriously and at the highest regard. So Adam, I don't know if you want to, uh, to share the, the news. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're thrilled. Thanks, Lynn. That's very kind and 100% mutual. We are, we're thrilled that Heritage Academy and, and, and Forge are going to um, have a partnership in terms of referring Forge students who want to be in the academy. 
and, and, and give them a great opportunity to do that and get that, that, that principal training while you're, you're taking on Forge or while you're getting ready to attend Forge or, or, or something like that. So we're thrilled by this opportunity. I know many of you, the feedback has been really positive. One of my favorite things, I think, to come out of, to come out of you know, COVID-inspired inspirations <laughs> in our movement has been, has been this, Helena. So great. I thought you were going to say it was our biweekly calls, Adam. <laughs> yeah, I like those too. Those are great. It's but you know what, I think, I think the reason why this partnership between Forge and highlighting the leadership capabilities, right, because it really is a great next step to potentially identify great talent for the internship. And so, you know, other than it being a 101, what this partnership between Heritage and Forge is going to really be is a stepping stone to get more Forge leaders in the internship. Now, I can't commit, right, to so like spots, right, because it is based on merit and making sure, but what we could do is just get to know you and making sure that it, that we're working alongside you in that success. Yeah, and you really get to know Helena, you get to know the staff and, and, and then they know you, right? You're not just a name in the stack of papers. You're, you're hopefully recommended and been with us and, you know, vetted by us. You're, you, you're known by Helena and the team. So it's a great way to learn on its own. It's, it's worthwhile on its own, but it's also a great way to build those relationships if you're looking at, you know, the most sought after internship in, in DC and the concerted movement, which I think it, I think it is. You know, I, I think overall it really, you know, we like to say that it, it's almost like the gold standard when it comes down to the internship opportunities. But, you know, what we would like to say is we really invest in our interns, right? Because our interns, we don't treat them like interns. We treat them as entry-level staff. We want to make sure that you're prepared for success. Now, whether that's mentorship, so some of the highlights of the internship is that we do actually value mentorship quite seriously. So we pair you up one-on-one -on -one with a mentor, and then we also do group mentorship. So men and women are separated, and we talk about launching your career, managing conflicts in the workplace, and balancing work and life. Each one of those panels is actually someone zero to three years out of college, someone in a married or committed relationship, and a more seasoned professional. So we were being very intentional with the type of mentorship that we're giving you, in addition to pairing you up one-on-one -on -one with a potential career or even just someone who shares your personal conviction. That's something that's very serious. Something that I think this group would be really pleased about is that we do have a Bible study as well that interns uh, can participate in. Uh, we also have career exploration panels. We have, you know, we talk a lot, well, I at least talk a lot about it, with the, with the group and with the interns is, you know, how do you balance a family life with professional potential ambitions as well? And so, you know, you might hear my kids in the background. I have two little ones under the age of two and a half and my husband, right? And so it's one of those that I prioritize my marriage. I prioritize my family. And I have found an organization that allows me to do that and does not punish me. I never have to say sorry for having a kid on screen. And for, for those who are in the academy right now, they can probably nod their head or, you know, give me a, give me a, give me a heart with how many times that you've seen my kids, one of my kids, at least my, my daughter, nine month old daughter, Rosalia on screen napping, right? While I'm speaking. And, you know, it's one of those that I don't have to apologize. And if anything, I want to say thank you so much to all those Academy participants who have showed me so much grace. And so I really appreciate it. But, you know, all of this is to say that whatever it is that your season of life is, please consider me a friend you know, not a contact, not an acquaintance, consider me a friend, any friend of Adam's, because I know that he would consider each one of you a friend. Any friend of Adam's is a friend of mine. Thanks, Lena. We appreciate it so much. Have a great evening. Thank Bye. You. Bye, everyone.
friends, I'm excited to introduce you to Luke Moon, who's with the Philos Project. Luke uh, is a deputy director of the Philos Project. They promote positive Christian engagement in the Middle East. You know them because you heard from Robert Nicholson at the Four Summit on his framework of how to understand foreign policy and America's uh, foreign policy quandaries. Uh, so, so, Luke, thanks for being with us, my friend. Man, it's, it's great to be here. It's, uh, you know, I'm not sure I can follow up, you know, those guys over at, you know, they have a whole building. I, I just have <laughs> one floor, right? You have a WeWork, right? No, we don't have a WeWork. We, oh, that's true. I, I got us out of WeWork because I got tired of, like, you know, people just looking over the wall and reading my email, you know, or, ex, well, actually it was me doing the, that to them. But nonetheless, <laughs> I, I, I was, was not into that. Uh, there's no privacy at WeWork, you, like in glass cages uh, and pretending that it's cool. Uh, but uh, that's that. Thank you all very much for being part of Forge. I mean, I, I have to say that Forge is one of the you know preeminent organizations that we love to engage and recruit from. We have we have great Forge alumni who have who've gone on to do stuff with the Philos Project and have found themselves, you know, rightly positioned to to you know get jobs and run organizations. And now you know we have uh, Peter who's uh, you know over at State doing his thing and and uh, Ian doing his thing. I don't know if. So you've, you've told them the great paths your alumni go, but it's, it's super great to, to be a part of this. Uh, I just want to give you guys, you know, a, kind of an update list of, of what we're offering. Uh, we, you know, as, as Adam said, we promote positive Christian engagement in the Near East. We do a lot on, on Israel, uh, but we don't, it's more than Israel. Uh, we're doing stuff in Lebanon. I don't know, right now, we've decided to, to weigh in on the Armenian-Turkey-Azerbaijan fight. We are Team Armenia uh, because they are actual Christians, right? So all, the, all those jokers in D.C. being paid off by the Turks can, you know, we can, we'll duke it out one of these days. But anyways, so, you know, we're, wherever we go, we're, we're always in, you know, looking to, to make sure the internship opportunities and, and are, are really, you know, you get to do some, some real work. I mean, I think, you know, Heritage, you know, was saying that, you know, their internships, you don't, you know, it's not like a normal internship. I, I mean, I, I don't know what those are. I don't know anybody who's making coffee anymore. I think internships are at this point above the coffee grade, but maybe there's some, some poor soul in an office somewhere making coffee for their bosses. But I guarantee that at the Fields Project, the internships are, are not going to be at that level. You're going to be actually doing, doing good work. And it, you know, it is also like an entry level staff position. We, we pay on those internships. We pay hourly. So it depends on what you're available to do. We pay $15 an hour is our, is our, is our going rate for, uh, for internships because we are New York based. And so not that you have to work at or be in our offices in New York, COVID kind of makes that really hard anyways, but it is, we have, so we have internship opportunities in communication, 
in our in our advocacy work that is kind of working with people on the ground in the Middle East. Research and education, which is more on the research side of things. We're doing a lot of content production and that kind of stuff. And then uh, we have a leadership network that's our constituents, people who are in, who have done trips with us and keeping them engaged. And, you know, it's, it's basically, uh, you know, by the time you finish that, you are an A-plus expert in Salesforce because that's, you know, that'll get you a real job someday. And then coming up also in spring, we're launching our, what we're calling our Pathfinder program. And that is, is really a, a leadership pipeline that, you know, starts with basically signing up, watching some videos and, and it progressively kind of, you know, work your way through the list. It gets more and more challenging, but you get more and more opportunities presented to you. Uh, and the capstone of Pathfinder is, is a Philos Leadership Institute, uh, which, which is a two-week, very like intensive uh, trip, that, but it also includes uh, some, some, it's kind of a year-long thing, but it starts with a, with a trip. We have some retreats, and it's it's a year apprenticeship in leadership in the in the Near East, and do, you know doing cool stuff. Finally, if you want to check out the, you know the the kind of stuff that we're doing, the way that Philos is engaging in the Near East, I urge you to check out JaffaGate. Uh, that's our website, philosproject.org, and you'll see kind of it's it's news and information on what's happening in the, in, in the Near East. And it also allows you to kind of engage with us. Uh, that's kind of our entry-level point. So now I think I was blazing through all that, and I'm open for questions. Yeah, feel free to hop in if anybody has any questions. Luke, they're going to take part in, uh, in, in a passages trip to Israel whenever uh, the world reopens. Okay. Um, tell us, can you just tell them quickly about that relationship? Yeah. As we have Philos to thank for, for Passages and for them being able to do that. Yeah, no, Philos, and actually Passages is is kind of a, a daughter organization of, of the Philos Project. It was originally started by us and in the Museum of the Bible Foundation. So the two of us together started the Path, Passages program. Until now, we've, we've taken almost 10,000 Christian college students on uh, to Israel. Which is which is huge and it's life changing experience. I think you'll you'll. I mean, if you haven't been, it'll Israel kind of gets under your skin because you know you stand in the place where Jesus stood and you can you know stand on the Mount of Olives and look across and see Jerusalem and and you know think of all the things that that happened in, in just in that one spot and it's a life changing experience. And so I, I think it's a great opportunity that that Forge gives to you. And it's, I mean, you guys are the kinds of people that were, were that, that both passages and the Philos project and, and our broader network of friends are, are looking, are looking for, for the next generation. So keep up the good work and I look forward to seeing guys check out the Philos project. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Luke. Uh, Phil from uh, CPI, Conservative Partnership Institute. Phil? Great. Thanks so much for having me on. 
appreciate the time. So just very briefly, for those of you who don't know what CPI does, very broadly speaking, what we really focused on is creating uniting. There's a lot of great organizing and bringing everybody together so we can all be talking to one another and strategizing and discussing, you know, what's, what's a good conservative path forward. So I, I very, very briefly wanted to talk to you about two things. One is sort of what a good resume looks like, because that leads into the second thing, which is some of the things that CPI offers to folks who are either looking for jobs or in a job. And so one of the things that we do as part of the equipping part is staffing offices. Right now we're spending a lot of time uh, thinking through what new members are going to be needing in the next Congress as far as staff. So we're looking at a lot of resumes and there's a few things that really jump out at us as far as what a good resume is. The first thing for you to remember is that a, a resume is just an agenda for the eventual interview that you want. It's just a means to get you that interview. It's a chance to make a good impression. Your resume is not everything you've ever done in every job and every project you've ever completed. It's also, most importantly, not going to get you a job. I don't know of anybody who's been hired sight unseen from their resume. You really need to use it to get the, get the interview. The resume is not going to be what weighs heaviest on a person's mind, all right? It's a glimpse into what you could potentially do for your company should you get hired. It needs to be clear and I'll probably say this a couple more times, it needs to be one page because every hiring authority is only going to be spending maybe 15 to 20 seconds on each resume while they're looking at it. Um, they're looking for, for, for key points, right? Every hiring authority has a need they have to fill. So, you know, our expertise is really the hill. So if the chief of staff that needs to hire a legislative correspondent, they, it's not important to them that, although it could be admirable that you, you know, built homes for, you know, for, for, for animal shelters. That's great. The, what you don't want to do is spend, you know, four lines of your resume talking about the good work you did there. What you want to do is focus on what a great writer you are and anything you've done in that regard, right? Or any kind of political work that might indicate that you're the sort of person that would be a good LC. And it goes for every other job, right? So the same thing with a speech writer. You don't want to talk about things that have nothing to do with speech writing. You want to talk about how many op-eds you've written, if they were under your name or someone else's name, you know, the connections you have with, with, with journalists, you know, where you've been placed, how many papers, that sort of thing. They're, they're looking for your accomplishments, right? And your accomplishments are the actions you've taken plus the results. And that's what's going to give them a sense of what you, you might be able to give to them. And this is the sort of harder part, especially when you're, when you're sending a resume into a job bank. You really want to try to customize your resume as much as possible to your job. So in the example of the LC or the speechwriter or whatever it is, you want to try Try to get a sense of what the job is and tailor your resume every time. Because if it's only be going to be kept to a page, you want to try to make sure that every single line, every single sentence is directly speaking to the need that that hiring authority has. Because then they're going to say, this is a person I need to talk to. 
And that's when you have the opportunity to get yourself a job. Don't, don't just assume that because you say you have a particular skill that that means that the hiring authority is going to translate that in their own mind into you can do this job. You need to go in there and explain how your skill matches their needs. Don't assume they know anything about you other than what's on your resume. And one more big, big thing you should consider doing in a resume, at least it's what I look at when I'm thinking about uh, recommending people to offices, is, is, is trying to quantify things you've done. So if you're, a, if you're a very, very junior staffer and you're looking for that first job on the hill, you know, staff assistant, maybe an LC, and all you've really got is maybe some political experience or you're just fresh out of college, you know, you'd be surprised how much you've already done, right? So if you've knocked on a thousand doors, write that, right? Knocked on a thousand doors, you plan the routes, you know, you spoke to X number of people, you know, discussing the, uh, the candidates' uh, positions on various issues, because those are all soft skills you can translate into a job. Again, I'm using the example of the Hill, but it could be basically for a lot of things. And, you know, don't be afraid to, to list your benchmarks, especially if they're pertinent to a job opening. Those are all really important things. So just if I could just sum it up, it's as best you can try to know what the hiring authority needs, what's the specific job. Be very specific with what your skills are and, and try to quantify the things you've done. And, and never, ever, when they ask you what you want to do for them, say, I'll do anything. They know you'll do anything. That's why you're talking to them. That you, they know you want to work for them. So really try to be as helpful to them as possible by saying, Based off of my previous skill set, I think I'd be a killer LC for you. I'm a great writer, and I and I really like the members' agenda. And you know, here's a few things that I've written in the past to give you a sense of my writing style. And I could always tailor it to match the members' voice. So try to be as specific as possible. The other side of that coin is once you actually get the job, and of course, CPI can be really helpful with all of that. We Everything I just talked to you about with the resumes, we could sort of expand that on one-on-one sort of -on -one conversations to have with me. But once you eventually get the job, CPI offers a lot of courses that are going to separate you as a staffer from everybody else. So we offer courses on house procedure, Senate procedure, budget. Uh, there's, there's a few more we do in there. For comms folks that are in here, we do a great uh, course on digital communications. I'll just focus on, and there's several others that they do as well, that we do as well. I'll focus just on three of them. The, so when I worked in the, in the Senate, I did a lot of Senate procedure. I still took the, this is before I worked at CPI, I still took the CPI Senate procedure course. It's, just, it's, it's good to sort of brush up on those things, but I really learned a lot, some, some little tips and tricks that I hadn't learned before. And if you have any interest in the Hill, you'll figure out pretty quickly that just below the surface of all the policy everybody's talking about and you'll want to have the answers to that or you're at the very least know who to go to with the answers uh, and again you can always contact us and we'd be more, more than happy to walk you through what's going on so if you get a chance take the house and senate procedure courses i did both of them and i found them invaluable because it gives you another way of thinking through a problem and getting a big win for your boss which ultimately makes you look good and for the comms folks in here, this, this is a field where if I could go back 15 years, 10 years, I might actually consider going into comms because it's just exploding in terms of what the opportunities are. And we have a phenomenal couple 
of folks who are teaching a digital comms course, which is, it's so much more than just how to not draft a tweet to embarrass your boss. It's thinking strategically. It's thinking dynamically. It's how to set up a photo shoot for your boss. It's how to do a digital work, right? Like on your computer, you know, charts and graphs to really help get your boss's message out there in different ways. And, you know, uh, how to craft a tweet so that the same exact words, but laid out in different ways, send a different message. I mean, those are all things that I would have never known about had I not sat in on this class. So these, these are invaluable tools that are going to put you ahead of everybody else because A, you'll have the knowledge, but B, if this is one of the most important things, if you don't know the answer, you'll know who to call and you can always call us and like we're all, we're always happy to do that. So it's what we do. You know, I don't just do staffing. I do government affairs as well, but there's an entire team of folks there that want nothing more than to help the folks out here on this call with whatever they're doing. So I'll, that's it. I'll keep it short and appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Phil. Really appreciate you uh, hopping on tonight. Thank you for listening to the Forge Leadership Podcast. If you like the show, please drop a review in your podcast app and be sure to subscribe for all our latest episodes. You can follow the Forge Leadership Network at Forge Leadership on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about Forge programming, please visit forgeleadership.org.